everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Listen, do you have questions? We know the answer. The Bel Air Student Ministry Podcast exists to equip young followers of Christ to know the Bible, to understand their faith, and to confidently share it with others. Thanks again for tuning in. And now for this week's episode. Well, hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Peyton Donaldson. I'm the youth minister here at Bel Air Baptist Church. I'm here with my boy, Brandon Bush. I'm the associate youth minister here at Bel Air Baptist Church. And then working the ones and twos behind the keyboard, we got Miss Diane Van Hoosier. She is the brains of the operation. She's actually the reason we're here right now, the reason we're able to do all of this and get all fancy, uh, and we couldn't leave her out. We deserve, she deserves the, uh, the credit just as much as anyone else in this room. Well, with that being said, Brandon, what are we doing here? What is the Bel Air Student Ministry Podcast? I think the vision and the dream behind this podcast is for this to be a, I keep forgetting the word, um, for this to be something that can be used by students, uh, that students can use to learn things about Christianity and about our lives as uh, youth pastors and just things that would guide them. But not only just that, um, I think it's also an evangelistic tool where not only our students, but just random people who come across this could learn about Jesus and learn about the things that we do because we love him. Dude, that's spot on. I think it couldn't be said any better. Um, This is the very first episode. And we're going to be doing this for the foreseeable future. Yeah. We're super excited about this. I know you are. And I know, I know Diane has been excited about this and wanting to get this off the ground for a while. And I myself couldn't be more excited about it. I think you hit it right on the money. Um, I believe we exist to get students talking um, about their faith. You and I aren't that far removed from youth ministry. No. And neither is Diane either. No. Um, we can almost put ourselves in their shoes. And at least... I know I can look back and think, what was I thinking about um, as a youth member? These questions that I had. Mm-hmm. Who, who is Christ? And, you know, he died on this cross, but why? Yeah. Um, how do we know the Bible's true? How do we know God exists outside of the Bible? Yeah. What are the different arguments? All of these different things um, I can remember having. Mm-hmm. And that's why we exist. We seek to help those students um, in their faith and provide the answers, um, or at least we'll try to yeah. provide the answers to the questions they have about their faith. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in other words, um, they have questions, and you and I, we seek to show them yeah. the answer, Jesus absolutely. Christ. And so. I think that um, and it's not really just our knowledge. It's the way that we, we study the Bible, and it's the way that we have been studied. And, I mean, I feel like we're going to have guests who are smarter and wiser yeah. than us come no on doubt. and be able to answer some questions a little bit better than we can sometimes, too. Absolutely. Well, hey, brother, uh, let's get into it. Let's get it. I think, uh, I think our listeners and our students and whoever else might be listening should, I don't know, be more acquainted with us. So um, if you wouldn't mind, Brandon, what's your testimony look like? Absolutely. Uh, So when I was younger, I grew up in a Catholic home. Um, I'm from South Louisiana originally, and so we pretty much everybody down there is Catholic. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up in a Catholic home, but we were also priesters. If you don't know that term, (laughs) it means that we only went to church on Christmas and Easter, and that was it. We didn't go on a Sunday. If we did, we would dress up to the nines and wake up at 8 a.m., but we didn't like doing that. So uh, I grew up in and out of the church. I did the whole Catholic thing, but then um, I decided as a student, 
as some students who might be listening to this uh, might think also that, you know, is there really a God? What, why do I believe this? And I couldn't come up with a solid answer, so I left. I left the church, and for three, four years, I lived on my own um, until eventually my best friend's grandmother forced me to go to church with her. Um, it went from a you, you should come to church to a, you're going to church whether you like it or not. Um, and then I just got plugged in. I met my youth pastor, um, and it was the same situation with him. He forced me to go to camp. And uh, I just, at camp, something different happened. And I found You had an this, experience. Yeah, I had this experience where um, I was talking to, the, the head pastor was preaching, and he tells this story about faith, and I'm deathly afraid of water. Um, I almost drowned as a little child. Um, and so whenever he's telling this story about this giant statue of Jesus on their water, and he says, do you have the faith to go under there, even though there's sharks and fish that'll kill you would mm -hmm. you still do it going under the water is just like stepping out in faith and I was like you know what maybe I can't jump in the water but I can step out in faith and I went talk to my youth pastor and he gave me the verse Romans 10 9 and he said uh, Brandon it, it says here that if you believe it in your heart and you say it with your mouth that you will be saved and so I made that change I, I did that I believed it and I said it and I mean, as of uh, July 13th of this year, uh, it'll be 10 years since I made that decision. That's coming up. Yeah, it's just right around the corner. So, um, and then just quickly, um, right after that, my life started changing, things started happening. My grandmother uh, passed away, she was my world. And I hit this like deep depression. And then all of a sudden I went to this ministry that we have here in Shreveport Bossier called The Hub. It's a homeless ministry, and I met this guy, and he's like telling he's telling me the sob story of his life, and still being able to sing Amazing Grace and love the Lord, and I'm like, well, like I didn't lose everything you lost, but I did lose my grandmother, and mm. he starts laughing, and he looks at me, and he says, Brandon, you're you're called to be a pastor, you have the passion, and I started talking to my pastor and my youth pastor, and they led me. Uh, to this path, and so I went from this six, this fifteen-year-old kid who didn't know who God was, mm -hmm. to this eighteen-year-old kid who decided that I was going to go to ministry. And mm -hmm. I went to college. Things happened there. I dropped out, and uh, then ever since then, I got called back into ministry. I I stepped away from the ministry when I dropped out of college, and then I came back. I decided I was going to be a youth pastor at this small church, and then I got the opportunity to work here with you at Bel Air. Wow. That's 10 years in a nutshell. 10 years in a nutshell. <laughs> Man, that's wonderful. What about you? What's your testimony, Peyton? Well, Brandon, to be honest with you, I don't feel adequate enough to follow up that story. <laughs> but I'm going to do my best. Uh, thanks for sharing, by the way. Absolutely. That was that was wonderful. Um, my story is just a little different. I grew up in church. Parents read me Bible stories from the time that I could read at nighttime to, um, you know, until I became of age to read on my own. And I had always, like I said, I grew up in church, and um, there came a point in my life in middle school where I was almost borderline praying my family would sleep in so that I didn't have to go. I really did not want to go to church. I, um, I was very 
I guess you could say, lukewarm, was not passionate about it. Um, but all of that being said, I still had a lot of questions, like we mentioned earlier. And I remember talking to my parents, and I had questions about salvation. I, could, I was probably, I was somewhere in middle school. And um, I, I wanted to know more about Christ, and I wanted to know more about, you know, all of this, all of the things that I had learned in church. So my parents called over um, a pastor who was working here at Bel Air at the time. His name was Russell Harbin, and uh, they brought him over. He lived in the neighborhood. My parents sat down. Uh, pastor Russell sat me down, and we all uh, sat in my living room, and he asked me questions about um, what it means to be saved, what it means to be a sinner, what it means to repent of your sins, what Christ did on the cross and what that meant. Um, and he asked me all of these things, and we were talking, and then eventually he asked me, do you understand what we're talking about? And I gave an honest answer. I was like, I don't understand any of it. I couldn't tell you what any of it meant. Yeah. So that night, I didn't say the prayer. I didn't do anything like that because, to be honest, if I would have said something like the sinner's prayer, I would have you know, confessed with my mouth. I wouldn't have known what I was doing. Yeah. And Pastor Russell did not treat me as if I was a no- another number. He just said, he's not ready right now. We'll keep working with him. They walked me through and just, you know, I was in good hands. Uh, eventually, in eighth grade, whenever I was, uh, I was about 13, I wrote the date down in my Bible. I can't remember, though, what, when it was exactly. I went into my uh, dad and stepmom's room, and I was like, I just had this dire need. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to heaven. Um, and at that point as an eighth grader, I had a greater understanding of what it meant to be a sinner and what Christ did. I had matured. And um, so after I brought that to my parents, uh, my stepmom took me into the living room, and um, again, we talked about it more, and then I confessed. I repented of my sins. I accepted the Lord. And similarly to how you had this great experience, I could remember this as if it was yesterday. Yeah. Whenever we said that prayer... I ran out of the computer room, and my the house is two stories, and I sprinted up those stairs three at a time. Normally I did two, but this time it was three, <laughs> and I'm not lying to you. And once I reached the top, I dropped to my knees, and I lifted my hands, and I just was saying thank you. I was just like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I was so overcome with emotion. And I knew uh, that there was a drastic change in my life. Yeah. After that, um, after you come from that, uh, I guess you could say, experience. Um, again, I, I guess you could say, backslid. Yeah. I went to high school, and I would go to church every, you know, every Sunday. And eventually, I would go to college. I went to LSU, um, and that's really where I guess you could say, I was very lukewarm, even cold. I was not going to church. I was uh, a member of a fraternity down there, and football at LSU is the religion. Yes, it is. That is the religion. And when you're in a fraternity down there, you're in charge of of tailgates and you know parties and, and just doing all the dirty work mm-hmm. for the fraternity. So I was never going to church on Sundays. And as I was at LSU, I developed a very, very strong um, – problem with my mental health OCD anxiety depression it just came at me like like a ton of bricks it hit me and the reason 
Part of the reason being is I knew that what I was doing was wrong. Going out every night and drinking, chasing women, partying, doing all of these things, not attending church, not praying like I should, not communing with God in the scriptures. I knew it was wrong, and it was really weighing on me. Um, I knew what I was doing was wrong, so after my sophomore year, I, I moved back home because at that point, I had decided what I wanted to do with my future. I was bouncing around from major to major, um, and I had always in the back of my mind told myself, I, th- I think I should be a pastor because as a young child, my mom had always said that's what I always said I wanted to do. Um, it wasn't until my sophomore year I went to church in Baton Rouge, and I understood this is what God has called me to do. I need to stop doing this at LSU. I cannot keep doing it. Moved back home, uh, the, got an internship at Bel Air in May 2018, and uh, started working under Corey for about two years until the pandemic in 2020. Uh, went to seminary school for two more years, and now I'm back here. And so um, I guess you could say that's that's about 10 years in a nutshell as well. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, that's my story, and it's... Um, I'm sticking to it, I guess you could say. Yeah. That's thank you for sharing that. Like <clears throat> one one cool thing I think is about testimonies is that no matter where your your path is, no matter where you come from, like I mean, me and you have only have just now met. Right. Our lives are just now crossing, but I mean listening to our testimonies, like we've both been through some stuff. Mine was a little younger but I even had that moment where I left college too just like you two years in mm-hmm. and we both have almost we've been through it so uh, for anybody that might be listening uh, your story is not too small you're no matter what you've been through big bad or small as just growing up in church you're still loved by God you're still can be called to do something for his kingdom. Uh, exactly, and that's another thing that I think that you you just touched on that we really need to emphasize is that your story could be like a Saul conversion in the mm-hmm. book of Acts. You're on the road to Damascus. He strikes you with blindness. You repent of your sins. You don't eat for three days, and then and then you go on to do these great things for ministry yeah. and for the Lord. And your story could be just as simple as I'm a sinner, yeah. and I need saving. Yeah, I, I've never smoked, I've never drank, but I know I need saving. Absolutely. And your story is just as significant. I, I love, I love that you mentioned Saul because you see Saul in this huge, drastic thing that he had to go through, but then you have Ruth on the other side, where she didn't go through this huge, drastic thing. Yeah, she lost her husband. Mm-hmm. Like, that's big. But all it took was her saying, I'm going to stay with my step with my mother-in-law. And then she's on this path to being the grandmother of David. Yeah. The, king, the, the best king in Israel before Jesus was born. And eventually down the line, having her name above Jesus's. In the lineage. That's in right. the lineage. And so the idea that, yeah, you can have a Paul conversion, but you can also just say... No, I just need to stick with what I know. And that's I think that's what we're going to hit here is that you don't have to have a, a phenomenal, crazy, 
I, I did all these drugs. I've been to jail story. You can just be a church kid who knows what he needs. Exactly. And it's just as valid. Yeah. There was, um, there's this quick story that, uh, I heard from Vody Bauckham, the great uh, mm-hmm. preacher and apologist. He says, um, he was doing this panel at John MacArthur's church and he said, um, I think it was John MacArthur's church. I could be mistaken, but, uh, they asked him, you know, what are your qualifications for all of these things that you're saying? And he says, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Amen. You can have all these letters before your name. Uh, you can do so many great things. But ultimately, uh, as you and I shared in our testimonies, we are sinners saved by grace. Amen. Something we could not do for ourselves. Yeah. And for any student or any person out there listening, uh, this podcast is for you. We exist, like we said in the beginning, to get you thinking. If we can just reach one person with the gospel and get them thinking Absolutely. and help to equip them in their faith, yeah. because we know that the world is not a friend of yeah. our faith. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. Absolutely. Absolutely. What we want to do is provide that safe haven and say, listen, you're not alone. And as we said in the beginning, you have these questions. We know the answer, and we want to help you grow in your faith with Christ. Um, and eventually yeah. help to build your confidence um, in the Lord. Absolutely. I mean, I think as we as we get ready to close, I think that for anybody listening, that this is this is the kind of information that I wish young Brandon and I know you wish yes. young Peyton could have had. Yes. This is. I wish that my youth pastor would have had something accessible to me like this. Absolutely. And even for you that are not youth, if you're listening to this and you're an adult. Like this is still if you have questions, we want to have we want to show you to the answer, and it we might not be able to give you the best grace of words, but we can at least lead you to the right place. At least we can try. Yeah, ain't that the truth? Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's episode one of Bel Air Student Ministry Podcast. Why don't we finish with a quick prayer? Absolutely, and we'll get on our way. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for my brother Brandon. Thank you for Diane for putting this together. And thank you for our listeners. I pray, Lord, you work in the lives of whoever is listening to this, whether it comes out and they listen right away or whether they're listening a year or two from now. I pray, Lord, you use this to help them in their faith and grow in their faith and belief in Christ. We love you, Christ. It's in your name. Amen. Amen.